Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Please be seated. As we contemplate these vigil readings this morning, that you all heard the words of St. Paul should really ring in our ears. In his great resurrection chapter in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the apostle writes, For I deliver to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he was raised on the third day also in accordance with the Scriptures. Notice that Paul confesses that Jesus was crucified, died, and was raised up in accordance with the Scriptures. Here it is worth noting, however, that the whole New Testament Scriptures, as we have all come to know them, were actually not yet written. They don't exist at the time that Paul is writing here. This is worth thinking about. Because Paul is therefore appealing to the Old Testament scriptures, the books of Moses, and the prophets of which you heard this morning. And he is appealing to those Old Testament scriptures to prove, to prove the resurrection of Jesus. He is using the Old Testament scriptures written hundreds of years before as a confirmation of the Easter message that Jesus is raised from the dead. It's incredible, really. It is a mystery of our faith that a lifetime of contemplation could hardly exhaust. This morning, we heard just seven accounts of the Old Testament scriptures which so clearly preach Christ, although there are numerous examples. But let us just take Father Abraham this morning, as an example. 2,000 years before the birth of Christ, he's asked to take his son, his only son Isaac, whom he loves, and offer him up as a burnt offering on Mount Moriah. What an fectung of the soul, what a trial of faith he endured there. Experience told Abraham that God himself was threatening to violate his very own word by taking away the promised son upon whom rested the whole world's salvation. But by faith, you see, Abraham knew that God could not break a single promise. Abraham knew in his heart that God's word was a thing far more powerful even than death, and that even if death indeed did come, it was no barrier to the rock-solid promises of God. Abraham, you see, trusted that even if his son was reduced to ashes, God's word is still efficacious, breathing life again into dry bones, and raising up the dead. Before trudging up Mount Moriah, 
Father Abraham tells his servants a revealing word. Abraham says to them, stay back here. The boy and I are going over there to worship, and we're coming back to you. We're coming back. That, dear friends, is resurrection language. That is Easter language. We have all been studying the life of Abraham all this year in Bible study. And I would like to submit to you that God was preparing Abraham his whole life for this very moment. To drive him toward faith that the Lord would provide. That the Lord himself would provide the sacrifice. And a death which would in turn bring life to the whole world. This very spot, after all, on Mount Moriah, where Isaac was bound on that altar, would one day become the very same spot on which our dear Lord Jesus was bound to the altar of the cross. Isaac had asked his father, Here is the wood, but where is the lamb? But the lamb would come. In the fullness of time, God sent his Son, born of a virgin. Where God spared Abraham's son, he did not spare his own, but delivered him up for us all to be crucified and to be raised up for our justification. In the near sacrifice of Isaac, God was showing us his incomprehensible love and always, always pointing to the resurrection of the body and the blessed life of the world to come. Again, the apostle writes that Jesus was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Meaning that from before the foundation of time, it was God's plan always to rescue you to baptize you into the death and resurrection of his son, and to make out of all of you children of Abraham. The Lord, your whole life, has been leading you to, to this point, even today, to trust in the power of Christ's resurrection and to fear nothing except losing him teaching you that death is no barrier to the promises of God, and that even when we are someday reduced to ashes or laid in our graves, even there Christ is with us in life and in death. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who believes in me shall never die. This morning, dear Christians, you stand on holy ground. The seal of the grave has been broken, and the morning of a new creation has dawned. In the death and life washing of holy baptism, you've got everything that you need to withstand everything that the world can possibly throw at you because you've got the forgiveness of sins. You've got life and you've got salvation. And that means that you've got joy in the midst of sorrow. You've got comfort in the midst of pain. 
and you've got life even in the midst of death. Abraham said, I and the boy are going over there to worship, and we will come back to you. May God grant to us the faith of Father Abraham, faith in the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. In the name of Jesus, amen. Alleluia, Christ is risen.